You are listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about Highland Baptist Church, please visit our website at hbcmolino.com. Today's talk comes from Josh Helton. Most certainly true. Uh, Lord, I need you. Uh, that, that was my prayer over there. Is the Lord, use me today. Uh, to speak your truth from your word. Let me, uh, let me pray for us before we get into uh, the message this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, I pray that everything that is spoken, everything that is heard comes from you this morning. God, I pray that, that you've already prepared the hearts, the minds, the ears of those here, including myself, for us to hear your message today. Lord, just let me be your mouthpiece. Let me speak your truth and let us respond appropriately when it's time. And God will give you the glory for it all. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Uh, this, this morning, I've been praying about where we'd go, um, kind of going into uh, here in July and, and uh, some of the... the just kind of wrapping up summer and where we're going to go for that. And um, this, this week, uh, I spent some time looking at uh, just kind of where we've been. Uh, it, it's been six months. Uh, it's been seven months since we met Highland Baptist Church. It's been a couple more months before that that we met uh, the committee. And we, uh, through all of those conversations and stuff and what led us to where we are, uh, there was a question that was asked. Uh, there was a question that... Uh, there was asked call weekend. There's a question from uh, the committee, and it was one of those things, hey, we'll kind of have to see uh, when we get here. But it was a question about vision. And I was asked, Josh, what, what's your vision for Highland? And, and I remember that conversation with Kyle, and uh, it was one of those things that um, was going to have to wait and see. Was going to have to see the people, get to know the people, spend some time with the people, and see kind of where it was that God wanted us to go. Uh, Earlier on, I told you that, that my desire is, and my belief is that we're supposed to be a church of disciples making disciples. And that still holds true today. Uh, that is still something that I believe that we're supposed to be and that we'll continue to be as a church of disciples making disciples because I believe that is the biblical ma- command for the church. But how do we become those disciples? How do we get to that place? And over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to talk about some things and we're going to paint a, a mission for, for the church. And today, the, the first leg of that mission is gather. Uh, maybe you've heard of this model before. There, there's lots of places that use it and, and it's just kind of the slogan. It's uh, uh, gather, grow, and go. And we're going to walk through those things over the next few weeks. Uh, but this has been something that God placed on my heart a, a long time ago, uh, looking at the mission of the church and how to break that down into something simple, something that we can tangibly look and go, hey, are we accomplishing these things that we want to do? And while our vision may change as, as our community changes, and as, as we kind of walk through and we mold and grow together, I think these three things will always be a part of that. Gather, grow, and go. Uh, we'll actually end up seeing a graphic. There's, uh, Matthew has a graphic up there if you want to go ahead and put it up. Um, so that's going to be the first leg there is, is the gather side of it. And we're going to continue to fill out the rest of this graphic as we go over the next few weeks 
But what does that look like? What does it look like for us to gather? What does that mean? um, And I think scripture talks about that. Uh, But but gathering is more than, than just us being here every week. By definition, gather means to come together, to assemble or accumulate, or to bring together and take in from scattered places or sources. Uh, it, as you get to know me more and more, you're going to know when I, when I come across a word, uh, generally I want to look at the definition, because maybe I know what gather means. Uh, and it's not just the restaurant that's up the road or in other places. Uh, gather can mean a lot of different things. Uh, I know what I, I thought of it growing up, but it's one of those that I turn to the traditional definition to see what it means. In that first one, if you were to Google it, it's going to say come together, assemble, or accumulate. And number two is going to say to bring together and take in from scattered places or sources. And that was the one that kind of got me this morning. That was the one that as I was studying this week, I was like, hey, I like that definition because what we're doing here at Highland, our desire is that we're going to bring people together. We're going to take people that are scattered out in this world, that are scattered out throughout this community, that are across this county, and we're going to come together for one purpose, and that's to make much of Jesus. We may be scattered when we're out there. You're going to go different places at work. You're going to go different places. You may shop at a different grocery store. You may uh, drive home in a different direction than I do. We're coming from scattered places, but we're gathering together for the sole purpose of growing in our knowledge of Christ and making much of Him and growing in that relationship so that we can go and make a difference. So our definition of gather that we're going to look at is to bring together and take in from scattered places or sources. We may be scattered when we go outside these walls, but we still have that same mindset. My desire is that our church grows together in a way that we are unified even when we're not gathered together. But I'll be honest with you for us to get that unified vision, for us to be on the same page, for us to be one with another here, we got to spend some time together. we got to gather together. Now, oftentimes you may think, well, okay, he's going to start talking about, hey, this is got to be here when the lights are on. That's what I grew up in. I grew up in that whole, hey, you were here when the doors were open. It didn't matter. We were usually the ones that unlocked it. We were the ones that, that locked the doors and then would go home. And, hey, the next time those doors would be unlocked was probably going to be by my family. That's what I grew up in. And so I, I began to get a very legalistic view of, hey, the doors of the church are open. We've got to be there. And it's important for us to be here. Please don't hear that wrong. But there's people that are watching online right now and I, I don't want you to think that I'm beating you up because you're taking a family vacation. Your family's more important than the church is because that's your first ministry. So it's okay to miss a week every once in a while. And what we're going to look at here in Hebrews chapter 10, if you want to go ahead and be turning there, uh, a lot of times we look at that and we get a misunderstanding of what he means here, what the author means here in Hebrews chapter 10. is, And it's not... Uh, Missing a Sunday occasionally, it's not being uh, here, here or there, but what he's talking about is the abandonment of the church. See, over the years, I've heard a lot of people talk about the fact, well, I don't have to go to church to have a relationship with Jesus. And they're right. You don't have to go to church to have a relationship with Jesus. 
You can ask Jesus into your heart wherever you are. Maybe you're driving down the road right now and you're listening to this message. You can ask Jesus into your heart right now. You don't have to be here. But I do believe for a healthy relationship, we've got to spend time with God's people. For us to have a healthy relationship with the Lord, for us to be able to grow in that relationship with the Lord, we've got to spend time with God's people. We can't just abandon the church and say, hey, you know what, I can do this on my own. I can worship at home. I can, I can do all those things. I don't need the church for my relationship. But the church brings a lot of benefits to your relationship with Christ. And that's the stuff that I want us to look at today. It's not, hey, this importance of, of Brother Josh said we got to be there every time the lights are on and, and we got to be the ones there that are making coffee and we got to be up there for all that. I want you here. I want you here every time the doors are open. I really do. I appreciate, and I try, I try to tell y'all that every week, I appreciate y'all choosing to worship with us. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you being here. I really, really do. But I don't ever want us to get to that legalism that you hear and say, well, Josh said we got to be there or something's wrong. No, there are times we've got to to take care of ourselves. There's times that, hey, if you're sick, you know what? I don't want you here. Brother David made the joke this morning, it's uh, better to give than to receive, right? I, I, I don't need that type of giving. We like giving here at Highland, but I don't need that type of giving. You can stay home while you're sick and it's going to be okay. I'm still going to love you. I might, love you. I might even love you more because you stayed home when you were sick because we don't need that. <laughs> I figured that would get one. But it is important for us to gather together. And we start with that because when we gather together, we're going to be able to go to the next steps of the things that God wants us to do as a church. So this morning, Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to find our passage and we're going to look at some, some reasons for us to continue to gather together. For us to continue to meet with one another and the benefits that we find here in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. And it says this, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water." I made it all the way through that one sentence there uh, because I want us to kind of break down what that one looks like. The very first word here in, in, in my translation of Scripture says, therefore. So what that tells me is that you got to look at all the stuff that came before this for us to understand what the author is talking about here uh, in the rest of Hebrews chapter 10. And if you were to look at all these things, if you look back and see what the author walked through for the entirety of the, cha- the chapter here, he's talking about the sacrifice that Christ made for us and the difference in that sacrifice and the old sacrificial system. See, Jesus came and he paid a price for us uh, and, and he gave his life on the cross. He did that willingly to pay a debt that we would not be able to pay to, to get rid of a system that was broken anyways. So he, he paid this debt. He removed this obligation that we had to bring the, the cows and the lambs and the sheep and the goats and the doves. So we didn't have to come and work through that sacrificial system. 
Because see, one of the things you'll find with that system is that it was a constant reminder of your need for atonement. It was a constant reminder of the guilt and shame that already comes with sin as you were having to go back and try and pay your own price for that and we couldn't do it. And the author here spells it out beautifully. I challenge you to go back and read uh, later on this week, read the first part of chapter 10 and just kind of chew on it for a little while. But what he's talking about here is that, that there were problems with the old sacrificial system and Jesus replaced those with his perfect sacrifice. So all of that leads up to verse 19 and it says, therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. There were problems with the old sacrificial system, but Jesus gave us a different way. He allowed us to uh, walk into a, a relationship with, with Almighty God because of what He did. And so this morning, one of the reasons I think that it's important for us to gather is we gather because of His invitation. We gather because God has given us a way to be a, a part of his family. We gather because he said, you know what? I know this system is not perfect, but I've given you the perfect sacrifice so that you have access to me at all times. Verse 20 says, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. If you go back to uh, the stories of, of Jesus on the cross, when, when he gave up his last breath, the veil was torn from top to bottom, and that was the thing that separated man from God for so long. Only certain people could go in there and be in the presence of God, and it was a priest, the high priest, who, who had to go through all these rituals to make sure that they were cleansed, and we still didn't know that they were going to make it out, so they'd tie a rope to them. So that if they didn't make it out, they could pull the body out. Because nobody else could go in there and get them. Because they were in the presence of God. See, and, and oftentimes we forget that that's the God who has invited us to be with Him. That same God that we could not be in the presence of before the sacrifice. That same God is the one who looks and says, you know, I want a relationship with you on a personal level. I want to be in relationship with you. I say we forget that. Oftentimes I forget that. The same God that we could not approach, that Moses couldn't look at when he was hidden in the cleft of the rock, is that same God is the one who said, you know what, I'm going to make a way for you to be in relationship with me. And he did that through his son. He said, you no longer have to worry about hiding your face from me. I'm giving you access to me because the blood of my son is good enough for you. So this morning, I, I'm reminded as we walk through this passage that we're given an invitation to gather together by God Himself. He invites us to be able to do that. And, and oftentimes we look and, you know, you may get those invitations in the mail and you got to discern, hey, I got to look at my family calendar. I got to see what's going on, make sure we can make it to that wedding or make sure we can be at that party or we can do those things. We get those invites and, and, and we start looking and going, okay, can I find an excuse to get out of this one? Because I really don't want to go to that one today. Uh, you know, those days are just kind of busy. We got things. So we try to look for those excuses. And guess what? The world does the same thing with the invitation we've been given on a weekly basis. 
We get an invitation to come and spend time with God when these doors are open, when we gather at our appointed times to spend time with Him. We are given an invitation to experience His presence. You're not getting an invitation to come watch some sunburnt dude preach a message. You're not given an invitation to come and stand and, and sing along with David and the praise team and the musicians. You're not given an invitation to come and sit in the class that, that, that your, your friends are with. You're given an invitation to experience time with Almighty God. That's what he did for us. And we're reminded of that. He walks through the old sacrificial system and why it wasn't perfect and, and what Jesus did. And it says, because of that, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And it says, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, verse 22 lists four things that allow us to draw near to him. See, the invitation is open and we can come and we can experience God in this place, but we really begin to experience God when we approach him with these four things in mind that we find in verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a sincere heart. That's a heart that comes with the expectation that God's gonna be here. That's a heart that is focused on him. That is one, uh, you, you may be saying, Josh, you know what? I, I gave up going, going to church and hey, maybe I'm trying it again, but you know, I just, I never did really get anything out of it. I never really did get what, what I was expecting out of it. Every time I missed something from church, it was because I didn't put anything into it going in. I didn't come prepared for it. I wasn't ready to experience time with God. And, and the sad part is the church has gotten to a place, and I'm not just talking about Highland, I'm talking about the, the global church has gotten to a place where we don't expect God to do anything on Sunday morning. We come to hear the music played and, and, and sang. We come to listen to the preacher, and we're, and we're looking and going, what are we doing for lunch? I heard this morning somebody was some, somebody's running a little bit behind because they were getting Sunday lunch ready. I hadn't gotten that invitation yet, but they were getting Sunday lunch ready for their family. It's been a few weeks since they've done that. They didn't know I, I was listening. I was in the hallway. We come on Sunday mornings not expecting anything because we don't come with the right mindset. Our hearts aren't ready. We haven't spent time praying that week. God, what are you going to show me on Sunday? Lord, I see what you're showing me during the week, but you're going to speak through somebody else and I'm going to get their interpretation. And so, Lord, I want to hear from you when I sit in my small group. I want to hear from you when that man stands on the stage. I want to hear from you uh, when we're worshiping together. Lord, how are you going to speak to my heart this week? When was the last time that that's what you spent your week focusing on? Saying, Lord, I, I like this devotion, but Lord, I want to get some meat from somebody else. Lord, I want to hear something different. And so you spend time praying saying, God, what are you going to show me? Prepare my heart for what it is you have for me. Allow me to see something different. Lord, I want to hear you. And so uh, it says, let us draw near with a sincere heart. That's a heart that's focused on him. But not just with a sincere heart. It says, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. If you break that down, it's just a faith 
that fully trust God. There's no hesitation. It's a faith with that expect, expectation that God is going to do something. It's a faith that you say, hey, you know what? I know that I'm going to go see God on, on this day. I know I'm going to experience his presence, and I'm trusting that he's going to do something because that's what happens when people encounter God is something happens inside of each and every one of us. We can't leave an encounter with God and not be changed. So I come with a full assurance of faith that I'm going to encounter God at church on Sunday knowing that he's going to speak to me and he's going to challenge me and it may hurt my toes it it may pat me on the back it may do any of those different things but I'm going to spend some time with him and it's going to get me ready for the week ahead that's that full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience now look at that part in the commentary of my bible put these two words there and it's talking about what we get, the freedom we get from sin, but it says no guilt. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, we have no guilt because the freedom that we have is based off of what Jesus did as our sacrifice. We're not good enough. We're not good enough to to approach God on Sunday morning. There's not enough praying I can do Monday through Saturday to, to get me ready for Sunday morning without the sacrifice that Jesus gave us. And so for us to be able to draw near to God, we've got to have our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. So we're we're casting off that guilt from our past. We're saying we're not going to focus on that, Lord. I'm focusing on my future with you and I'm focusing on what it is you have for me now, not what it is that I walked through then. Lord, thank you for bringing me through that, but Lord, I'm looking to you now to do something. I'm not carrying that guilt and that shame. I'm laying that at your feet and saying, Lord, let's do this. Let's see something new. Then he finishes verse 22 and says, and our bodies washed with pure water. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to take a bath before you come to church. Students, I would recommend that. Take a bath before you come to church. The people around you will appreciate it. But that's not what the author is talking about here. He's not even talking about baptism. You don't have to have that baptism to draw near to God with your heart. No, what he's talking about is he's referencing that ritual that, that the priests would go through, that their bodies would be washed with pure water. It's, it's an inner washing, not, not a baptism. And it, it looks back to that old system and it says, we got to make preparations to meet with God. I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't make preparations for Sunday morning, you're going to miss a lot of what God has for you on Sunday morning. If you don't come with the expectation that God is going to do something, if you're not preparing yourself during the week, well, guess what? Sunday's going to become very dull to you because it just becomes a part of your checklist. And the last thing that I want is for anybody ever to walk out these doors and say, you know what? That just wasn't, it just didn't cut it. Just wasn't it for me. Now, there'll be people that don't attend our church because they have different preferences and, and I'm okay with that. but I don't ever want it to get to where what we do on Sunday morning is dull. I never want it to be where we're looking and going, you know, I could take it or leave it. I don't have to be there. It's just okay. It's not great. It's just okay. And it's not that we're putting on a performance, but the the thing is when you say that it's just okay, that means all you got 
was me and the worship team. You didn't get anything that we wanted you to get. Because when it's just okay, it's just about the people that stood on stage. It's not about the God that we're singing to. It's not about the God that we're trying to preach. It's not about his spirit moving in this place. When it's just okay, it's because you missed what God had for you that day. My prayer is that never happens. But we can get to that place so easily because we're not preparing ourselves when we gather together. Moving on to verse 23, we find our, our, our next point in here. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. We gather because of his invitation, but we also gather because of his promise. See what scripture tells us here and in lots of other places is that the one who promises things to us, the, where our hope comes from, where the reason that we're even sitting in a church this morning or tuning in online is because we're looking for a hope. We're looking for a future that's filled with promises that scripture talks about. And, and what we're reminded here is, is let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. We gather together because God is faithful. Faithful. God is faithful in his promises and he has told us uh, numerous things throughout scripture that we can hold on to and you're going to hold on to different promises than I do and there'll be times in life where seasons that my promises that I hold on to will be a little bit different because of what I'm walking through. But nonetheless, we serve a God of promises. We serve a, a God of faithfulness. And we can hold on to that. We can hold on to that, that confession of our hope. That hope only comes because of God who is faithful. We're, we're walking through Genesis in our, in our uh, small group. And, and you're just constantly seeing God's faithfulness. We've been walking through Joshua on Wednesday nights here in the sanctuary. And you're just constantly seeing God's faithfulness to a people who didn't deserve it because I read the rest of their story. And I'm like, God, why would you even tell Abraham that? Why would you give him the promises that, that, uh, that he's going to have this kid that's going to carry on the, the descendants? Because you know he's going to try it on his own. Lord, why are you promising stuff to the Israelites? Lord, they don't deserve it. They didn't believe you in the beginning. And oftentimes God looks at me and says, Josh, why would I promise anything to you? You don't deserve it. You don't always trust me. You don't always believe the things that I say. We gather together. And sometimes it's to remind each other of the promises that God has given us. My hope and my prayer is that when God speaks through me, that he reminds you of some of the promises maybe you heard a long time ago. Maybe he sparks, a, 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 ignites a, a passion from something because you've heard those stories. Maybe you've heard those things. Maybe you've even heard the same passage preached before and he just draws it back to you and says, see, I told you I was faithful. Fortunately, I've had the opportunity that many of y'all have told me, hey, you know what, God spoke to me in this way and that was something I've known and maybe I heard it differently, but it was something, it was a promise that he gave me many, many years ago, something that you didn't even know about and you preached on it again today. And I praise God that he reminds us of those promises when we gather together. But we gotta gather together to hear those things. Because one of the things that I've found is that when I get 
alone and I try to quiet myself to hear from God as an individual, I'm a lot more distracted there than I am here. I'm a lot more distracted in my quiet time than I am in my small group. I'm a lot more distracted there than I am when we gather for worship in this room. I I, I tend to get more distracted because Satan knows what's going to draw my attention. He knows what the promises of Scripture are. And he says, I don't want you to hear those things. I'm going to keep feeding negativity into your life. And so I'm going to distract you with these things. And so I tell you what, I need this every week. Because it keeps me focused on the promises of God. I need us gathering together. I need to be able to sit in a class and listen to other people uh, talk about the scripture and break those things down because they see it in a different way than I do. And it just encourages me that God can still speak those same promises in a different scripture, in a different way. And he speaks those over me. And it warms my heart to know that he's just showing me once again, Josh, I'm still faithful. I'm still God. I still got all of this under control. No matter how bad the news looks outside, no matter how bad everything seems like on, uh, on the internet or on the news channels or, or whatever it may be, no matter what it all looks like, he says, I'm still in control. And he reminds us of that because he shares those promises with us. Those promises that we need him Every hour, those promises that, that we, we need that encouragement from one another. And that's the last thing that, that we see in this text, verses 24 and 25. We see we gather because we can encourage one another. See what it says here in verses 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Those were the two verses I was gonna start with. Those were gonna be the only two verses I was gonna preach on this week, but God showed me the rest of the passage. He said, Josh, you gotta back up. He said, you gotta see it all. But what he showed me in these two verses here it says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That is a very traditional verse when we talk about not giving up meeting together. If you hear a pastor preach about the importance of us meeting together, there's a good chance that he's going to reference those two verses there. There's a really good chance that when we say, hey, you know, it's important for us to gather together on Sunday mornings, those right there are verses that, that are seen in that. But the one thing I didn't see in those verses is what I get out of us meeting together. It's all about what I can give. And see, the importance of us gathering together is not because we can get something out of it, although we will, it's because we get to encourage one another. We don't gather together for ourselves. And that's something God kept reminding me this week. He said, Josh, we don't don't do Sunday morning just for you. 
We don't do Sunday morning just for, for your family. We don't do this for the individuals that come. We do this for the body to encourage one another, for us to grow together, for us to hear from God in a fresh way, for us to talk about the things that God is doing in our lives, for us to bring substance to the table it doesn't say anywhere in there that, hey, uh, let's consider how to, to, to make you feel better by coming and, and don't forget to, to assemble together because you're going to need that encouragement. See, the truth is, it's all about what we can bring to the table. Today's society, is that's not the case. We are more focused, people are more focused on what they can get out of things rather than what they can give to things. In the business world, you only want to go to the meetings that are going to bring you value. In lots of things in life, we only want to participate in the things that are going to benefit us. We look at it and we go, what good is this going to do me? Oftentimes we forget I'm going to go, but how can I encourage someone else? I'm going to go because I feel like I can bring value to those people. And maybe that's us trying to humble ourselves. And maybe that's us looking and going, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't think I can bring any value. Well, that's not scriptural. God's given you gifts. God's given you stories that we talked about last week. He's given you abilities that the church needs he says, I don't want you to give up gathering together because I want to use your skill set. I want to use what it is I've given you to make the church better. I need you there, in essence. We gather because we can encourage one another. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This morning, I'm not going to ask y'all to answer this question out loud because honestly, this answer is not for me. But I want you to ask yourself, was you coming to church this morning, was it for you? Was it for you to check off your list? Was it for you just to show up and be seen to make sure that people, nobody called you this week and says, hey, you know what, we missed you last week. You're usually there, but we weren't. Is that, is that the routine we've gotten into? Or did we come with an expectation that God was gonna do something? Did we come with the expectation that, that God was gonna speak to us? Did we come with the, the idea that maybe, just maybe, I sit in that small group room because when the teacher asks a question, God's already given me the answer and I can speak life into someone else through my experiences. Maybe that devotion that you're, looking, that you're walking through during the week, you're looking and going, God, I, I'm reading this and it's good stuff, but how am I supposed to use this? Maybe that was this morning. Maybe that Sunday school lesson lined up with that. Maybe you were able to use some truth there to bring that into that conversation. See, oftentimes we gather together because we come with the idea of what can I get out of this? Some of y'all may remember this quote. I do not, but I've heard it multiple times. John F. Kennedy in an inaugural address said this, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. When was the last time that you asked what you could do for his church?
When was the last time you looked and said, God, you know what? I enjoy just going to get to experience your presence. Lord, I want to take value to your people. Lord, I want to do something that brings value to those that I sit with on Sunday morning. Lord, I want to bring something to church on Sunday. I want to make sure that I'm ready, I'm prayed up, I'm studied up, so that when I sit in that small group room, that that we can have a Holy Ghost moment in there because you're just using everybody there. And I know that you're speaking this truth so that I can share it on with somebody else. When was the last time we asked ourselves, what can I bring to church today? I don't think we like the answer to that question. I know for a lot of my life, I don't like the answer to that question. But if you look at this passage... I don't see anywhere in there it says, Josh, go to church because you need it for you. I don't see anywhere that says, Josh, you know what, you gotta, you gotta keep showing up because this is what your parents taught you. Josh, you gotta keep doing these things because this is just what you're supposed to do. Now, there's value in us gathering together, especially when we come for the right reasons especially when we gather for the right reasons. So we gather because of his invitation. He has opened something up to us that we could not do for ourselves. But he's also allowed us to gather to celebrate those promises, to hear those promises for one another, but we also gather because we can encourage each other. That's a picture of what I want Highland to be. Is a church that comes expecting something on Sunday mornings. We gather not just because the doors are open, but we gather because we know that God is going to do something. And why do we know that? Because we've been praying for it all week. Because we've been looking forward to that all week and he's got us excited that, that you know what, we, we're, we're not even setting the alarm for Sunday morning because we're awake before it's going off because we're coming with an anticipation of what is God going to do today. I know it's going to be incredible because I've been praying for it. I want us to get to the place where we know that when we need encouragement that we find it here. And where we need encouragement is we find it in those small group rooms, in our communities that God has given us, those, those areas where we sit with, with our friends and our loved ones and, and we're breaking open the truth of God's word, not just in here in a corporate setting, but in the intimate settings of those rooms. And, and we're coming, looking and going, how can I study? How can I prepare? How can I bring something of value to this lesson so that I can encourage someone else? Because you know what, one of these days I'm going to need that encouragement again myself. So we create a culture of encouragement amongst here. I, I tell you what, that's not a far stretch for a lot of you. Because I get constant encouragement from several of you. Whether it's cards, whether it's words, whether it's text messages, phone calls, I get lots of encouragement from, from the people of Highland and I am so grateful for that. You have no idea how much that helps this pastor's heart. You have no idea how much that helps my family to get that encouragement from y'all. I want y'all to experience the same thing.
Just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I'm the only one that needs encouragement. Our deacons need encouragement. Our Sunday school teachers need encouragement. Our people who sing on the praise team, our musicians, they need encouragement. Our staff needs encouragement. Everybody in this church needs encouragement. And that's where I want us to get to. It's because we're walking in these doors and we're so full of the Holy Spirit that we're so in tune with God, we're looking and we're going, hey, you know what? I'm gonna have the opportunity to bless somebody today, even if it's just with my words. And we get to encourage one another as we gather together. I never want us to get to the place where we meet just because we're supposed to meet. I want us to get to the place where we meet because we desire nothing less than to meet. That we can't go all week without getting together. I want us to get to the place where we love one another and we encourage one another so much so that the community looks and says something different is going on at Highland. And we just want to see what it is. We want to see what it is that God's doing because there's something different about those people. And it's not just because we're disciples making disciples, but because we're, we're different because we're allowing God to lead each and every one of us. But the thing is, that leading happens during the week. It doesn't just happen on Sunday morning. Maybe you get that encouragement today. Maybe that's what you're hearing. Maybe that's what God is speaking to you is, you know what, Josh, I've got to make sure that starting tomorrow I'm going to be preparing for next Sunday. I hope you do. Because I think next Sunday is going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to talk about growing together. If you want to go ahead and start praying with that in mind. We're going to have a baptism. We're going to have men's breakfast. Next Sunday is going to be a great Sunday. We have a fellowship that afternoon. We got a busy day. But it's going to be a good one. And it's going to be even better if you'll start praying for it now. It's going to be even more impactful in your life if you'll go ahead and start thinking about it now and praying, God, what is it that I can bring of value to this body? Thing is, he didn't call anybody in this room to come and just sit in that pew where you're at. You still have purpose. You may be saying, Josh, I've had this purpose for 80-something years. Guess what? You still got purpose because he's still got you here. You still have purpose because he's still allowing you to be here. There are people who have to watch online because they can't make it into the room. Guess what? They have purpose too because God's still got them here. But what is your purpose? Your purpose is not to fill a pew. Your purpose is to bring value to the family of God that meets here each and every week. So how do you do that? What does that look like for you? It's gonna be different for each and every one of us because we got different skill sets, we got different abilities, but you've got something. What are y'all bringing next Sunday? What value are you gonna bring to the table? How are you going to be prepared for that so that when we do gather together, we can hit that next step of growing together? But we've got to come with an anticipation that God is going to do something. I don't know how God's speaking to you this morning. My my prayer is that He is. That He used the words that He gave to me this week to speak to your heart. 
But now comes the time that we get to answer that call. So ever how God is burdening your heart, I want you to respond today. Maybe that's walking into a relationship with him. Maybe that's saying, you know what, Josh, I don't get anything out of church because I don't have a relationship with God. But I heard you talk about that in Hebrews chapter 10, that he did something for me. He did that. He paid a price that you couldn't pay. And he's given you an invitation to be a part of that family. So maybe today is the time you accept that invitation. Maybe today is one of those you're saying, hey, Josh, I just, I just need you to pray with me. Or maybe you want to come up here and pray with me on your own. Maybe you don't want to come forward and pray on your own. Grab your neighbor and bring them with you. God's calling us to something. I'm telling you, I, I sense that God is trying to do something incredible here at this church. We got to all get on the same page. We got to say, you know what, Josh, this isn't just about me. This is about what God can do through me as a part of this church. That's my prayers, that we all get to that realization, that we all get out of the way, myself included, and just let God lead and see where he takes this thing. But it starts with us as individuals, with our hearts right, ready to experience him. How will you respond today? Let me pray for us. Father, here we are. Lord, I expected you to do something today and I trust that you already are. Lord, there's been that expectation all morning that you're gonna do something in this place. Lord, maybe, maybe this morning we'll see the fruit of that. Maybe we'll see you move in this place. Or Lord, maybe you're going to move behind the scenes. But Lord, nonetheless, I know you're moving and I'm praising you for that today. So Lord, ever how you're speaking to us, Lord, I pray you give us the boldness, the courage to be able to, if it's to step out of that pew, Lord, let us do that and make that decision for you. Lord, maybe it's to come to the altar. Maybe it's to, to stand where we are and pray for ourselves and those around us. Lord, whatever our obedience looks like today, we're asking that you would give us the courage to be obedient to you. Because Lord, we want to see you move. We want to see you move in a mighty way. So Lord, as we come to that time, prick our hearts, allow us to experience your presence in this place, even now in the time of invitation. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise because you alone are worthy. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, please rate and review our podcast at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.